Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is August 8th, 2023. It is Tuesday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by The Swallows. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is In order to love who you are, you cannot hate the experiences that shaped you by Andrea Dystra which I love. I think that's a great quote. I agree. Now, you can not love that you had an experience, but, you know, we only do what we believe is right at the time, and we cannot beat ourselves up for the results of that, I like to think. All right, witches, we are doing Flower Moon this week. Ooh, um, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I wish we never got to this point in summer, and I wish it were still spring. So, <laughs> this tea is black tea with lavender, orange, vanilla, bergamot, and blue cornflowers. So, today we're talking about orange, which honestly feels very appropriate. Orange is the sun and it's lovely. So, let's get into it. This comes to us from DavyandTracy.com. So in general, citrus fruits symbolize cleansing and purification. Oranges and lemons in particular represent joy, happiness, abundance, energy of the sun. So think like summer light and warmth. Orange is great for joy, happiness, purification, money, and luck. So while citrus fruits are typically in season during the fall and winter months, they really do represent summer. And winter, like Litha and Yule. So, water, fire, um, yeah. Because it represents the sun, right? So, in the summer, you have the sun. In winter, you're wishing for the sun, right? Because remember, think like food scarcity in terms of what people were kind of worshiping. So, you can hang dried orange slices on your Yule tree or you can do it for Litha or Lamas and decorate your altars with fresh oranges. My friend Kay makes the best orange muffins. So she like takes orange slices and then she like candies them and then puts them on top of oranges and ooh, or muffins. And oh my gosh, I told her recently, I was like, I will do anything you want if you give me one of those orange muffins. So you can incorporate um, orange essential oils into your space with like aromatherapy. You can do orange smoothies. You can do all kinds of fun things with orange. It really is lovely. All right, moving into some headlines. This comes to us from glasgowlive.co.uk. Glasgow occult shop owner, Fears for the future after two years of flood damage and rotting building. Samantha Cooper. Let's see. Samantha 
Cooper owns a shop, an occult shop called 23 Enigma. However, she fears for the future as neglected flood damage is left, leaving the property rotting. So a Glasgow shopkeeper is desperate to move stores after two years of flood damage. Samantha Cooper from 23 Enigma is worried about her shop, which has been on High Street for nearly three decades, and she's worried it will have to close its doors if a new location isn't found. The 52-year-old spoke to Glasgow Live when the damage was first found back in 2021. However, she claims that City Property, an arm's-length organization of Glasgow City Council who own the buildings, have done a little to help. She told Glasgow Live, since we last spoke about the flooding, they haven't answered our plea for a new shop, even though High Street is back to 2017 levels of occupancy, half empty yet again. This is an unsustainable, wasteful cycle. Our shop is rotting. Our business is lovely by or is loved by locals. So we would like city property to find us another shop so we can help Glasgow flourish. We can't use the back shop due to the flooding from the ceiling and the historic damp on the back wall. Wow. It's shameful way to treat indigenous Glasgow businesses. This is what people come to big cities for, small independent shops. All the big corp- uh, corporations are dying because you can buy things online. These small shops, especially one with a rich connection with old Scotland culture like we have, this is what pleases tourists, visitors, and young people looking for direction. The business owner believes that the Vital Store, which is the oldest occult shop in the country, is truly loved by tourists and residents of Glasgow, and its closure would be detrimental to the city. Oof, yeah. Wow. And they're posting uh, photos of, like, the damage. Yeah, I'd be frustrated, too. If you're renting and you're paying to be somewhere, it needs to be maintained. So I'm glad she's speaking up. That's all. Yeah, good for her. I hope it gets um, sorted. Actually, I'm going to look it up because this was a few a few months ago. I'm going to look up and see kind of what happened, see if they're still in the same area. Let's see. Okay, I found their Facebook page. It looks like they're still on High Street. It looks like they're still there. And they posted... Oh, it's been a minute. Wait. Oh, they haven't posted on this website in a year. Or their Facebook. Um, But according to Google, they are still on the same street. um, And they're still open. So it looks like they're just hanging in there. Hopefully it gets sorted. All right, which is... I am throwing this over to our moon correspondent, and after this break, we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Tuesday, August 8th. The last quarter moon appraises some antiques in Taurus today. Here, the moon squares the sun and Venus and conjuncts Jupiter and Uranus. We're working up to the midpoint of this Venus retrograde as the themes of this cycle begin to coalesce. We're seeing what those investments are yielding, what those relationships are worth, and whether or not we should give that ex a second look. It's not yet time to make a decision on these things, but we should keep an eye on these themes and how they're developing. The conjunctions to Jupiter and Uranus can have us feeling rather optimistic and buoyant, ready to switch things up or try something new. Just make sure you don't change things just for change's sake. 
And don't allow your current good fields goad you into making some Venus retro decisions that you might regret when she finally finishes her backward cha-cha. Your daily moon mantra is, what matters most is not what you change, but what you change into. This has been your Daily Moon Mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago Astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. In the Black Mountain region, Fullmouth is a town of women and children. When local mothers start dying, the town is panicked. At first, the citizens believe the deaths are suicides, yet 15-year-old Pearl is unconvinced. Pearl has known visions her whole life, has known the feeling of when the darkness shifts inside her and her power comes to the surface. But having recently moved to Fullmouth, the supernatural is suddenly magnified. She now finds herself able to commune with ghosts. She sees visions of how mothers will die. Relying on these powers, Pearl faces a daunting foe and the responsibility of saving the town. The only question is, will she be too late? Built on history, folk tradition, and witchcraft, The Swallows is a horror novel that explores a small town's connection to the spiritual world and the families that fill it. The Swallows by Kristen Clanton is available wherever books are sold. Right, so we have a question from one of our amazing listeners, April. April, MVP. April's always the one asking questions, and I really appreciate it because questions help the podcast. So please ask questions if you would like to. I'd really appreciate it. And April is always there every month asking questions (laughs) and I appreciate her. So April says, I would love to learn about Galdor and other forms of singing, magic, or even chanting power of speech and our magical practice. Great topic. So a little anecdote from when I was writing my book, The Door to Witchcraft. Uh, This was a few years ago. I knew I needed to include something about this, right? Chanting and singing in terms of magic ritual is popular in all kinds of cultures. We see it in voodoo. We see it in um, folk magic. We see it in high, high ceremonial magic. We see it in all of these things. So it's clearly important. Um, however, I am not musically inclined. I always say that it's a language that I never learned and everyone seems to know it but me. So I really struggled when like, it came to this section of my book. So I turned to people who were friends of mine who knew, and that's what you do, right? You turn to people who know better. And I asked Fiona Horn, who is a rock star and a witch and has many songs that work magic into ritual. And I asked her, can you help me with this? And she uh, wrote a little bit for the book and I'm really thankful. And then I also turned to a friend of mine who is a voodoo hugan. And I said, hey, can you help me? I'm just a little unsure. And he said, yep. And he helped me with it as well. So singing and chanting is so important. Uh, So let's kind of get into it a little bit. So this comes to us from the calmspace.com. When we sing or chant, we naturally regulate our breathing. In the last couple of blogs from this website, they talked about belly breath and ocean breath. It's like a new agey blog. So chanting or singing done with, done with enthusiasm opens up our lungs and helps us breathe deeply. So studies have shown that when people sing, it releases endorphins and oxytocin. These are natural neurotransmitters and hormones, which helps us feel positive, calm, and connected. So um, we see chanting in 
um, Hindu cultures. We see it in uh, yoga practices and uh, a lot of meditative practices as well. So let's see. The National Library of Medicine published a paper. This was uh, January 13th, 2021. And they actually published a paper on chanting in mystical states across traditions. So they wrote, chanting is a form of rhythmic, repetitive vocalization practiced in a wide range of cultures. It is used in spiritual practice to strengthen community, heal illness, and overcome psychological and emotional difficulties. In many traditions, chanting is used to induce mystical states an altered state of consciousness characterized by a profound sense of peace. Despite the global prevalence of chanting, its psychological effects are very poorly understood. So this paper was meant to examine the psychological and contextual factors associated with mystical states during chanting. So data was analyzed across about 500 participants across 33 countries who regularly engaged in chanting. And results showed that 60% of participants experienced mystical states during chanting. Absorption, altruism, and religiosity were highly among people who reported mystical states while chanting, compared to those who did not report mystical states. There was no difference in mystical experience scores between vocal, silent, or group individual chanting, and no difference in prevalence of mystical states across chanting traditions. However... An analysis of subscale suggested that mystical experience were especially characterized by positive mood and feelings of ineffability. The research sheds new light on factors that impact upon chanting experiences. A framework for understanding mystical states during chanting is uh, proposed. So this is really fascinating. So we know that uh, there's chanting. Hang on. I'm actually going to pull up my book and cite my own book. Give me one second. All right, I am back. So this is from The Door to Witchcraft. This is the hardcover edition. I'm not sure if it's a different page in the paperback, but it's page 68. The power of songs, hymns, and chants is palpable and useful in witchcraft. A song is a lyrical creative expression in which you try to tell a story or create fiction. A hymn is a song that is specifically a form of worship. With a hymn, you're sending the energy to be heard to the spirits. This is a form of service and a way to pay homage and show your appreciation to any deities you work with. This is why hymns are so popular in Christianity. A chant, on the other hand, is a spiritual language meant to transcend worlds and connect everyone. Chants are used to create magic in action. So if hymns send energy upward to be recognized, chants send energy outward to fuel workings, magic, and transformation. And we see this specifically in like African traditions where chants are used for uh, evocate, uh, invocation and like possessionary work. So this is the part Fiona helped me with. Uh Songs are like spells, so you put them together the same way you would create a spell. The first thing to think about is your intention. Carefully choose the most accurate and satisfying words that capture your intention and emotions. From there, you can get creative and invent patterns that feel good to you. An excellent tip from Fiona Horn, a well-known witch and singer of Deaf FX, who has used magic to conjure, or has used music to conjure magic, quote, 
Experiment and find a tone, note, or key that you really enjoy singing. It's that tone that feels relaxed and fun, that you can really feel vibrating in your chest and mouth. You can happily sing it without your throat hurting. Base your chants around this tone, and you will voice them with more passion, enthusiasm, and ultimately, power. So I have one more source for you. This is from Furious.com. It was written back in 2004 by Gary Gomes. And it talks about the occult and music. So in the world of music tradition, we have a rather extensive history, all the way back to the Greeks, of the use of music to induce certain states, modes that were thought to have certain qualities. There is some evidence to suggest that the Egyptians used magic, I'm sorry, music, I'm going to keep doing that, music as a healing tool. This anticipated the later utilization of these techniques by figures uh, such as like Jimi Hendrix and um, some New Age practitioners. So these types of customs are utilized in Africa, India, South America, and indigenous cultures. So it's really fascinating. Um, Again, we see it in voodoo. We see it in uh, Russian uh, uh, shamanic traditions. And even in the more mainstream religions, it it is valuable to know that Muslim, Hindu, and Hebrew prayer is usually chanted, not spoken. And there are literally hundreds of books in all these cultures regarding the power of chanted prayer. Balinese, African, it's a vessel for worship. So it is very interesting. Um, So what can we do with this, right? Uh, What can we do with this if maybe chanting isn't your thing, songs aren't your thing? One way I've dealt with it as someone who, like I said, I don't consider, I consider um, music a language I just don't understand. I I wish I did because everyone seems like they're having such a nice time. Um, but kind of how I deal with this is I find the music that does resonate with me, that does make me feel emotional. Is it the most, uh, witchy thing in the world? Is it the equivalent of typing into Google haunting chants? No. Is it the most artistic award-winning music that has ever existed? No, because my brain doesn't process music like that. So I find songs that mean something to me, that make me feel. And that might be Alanis Morissette and Olivia Rodrigo. It might be a song I heard off TikTok. We we have to kind of drop, and again, coming from someone who doesn't understand music, we have to drop like the ego of like, well, is this good enough? Is this quality enough? Is this serious enough? If it makes you feel something, it, that's it. It's done its job. I have this conversation in terms of literary work all the time. Is the, you know, great American novel more successful in terms of its ability to be art than the Harlequin smutty romance book? In my opinion, no. Because I guarantee there's going to be somebody who picks up the great American novel and feels nothing. Yet they may pick up a $2.99 copy of Fabio shirtless and feel everything. 
And art is about feeling. And I have this argument all the time where people go, oh my gosh, did you see that poet trying to be a poet with like two sentences? And it's like, but who cares? If it's trying to express something and someone feels something from it, it's succeeded. It is art. Uh, So if you're like me who really struggles with music and really struggles with this, pinpoint the songs that just make you feel something. And I don't care if it's from TikTok. I don't care if it's from your dad's 60-year-old record player or whatever. If it makes you feel, utilize that in your magic. I, no joke, will play hours of Alanis Morissette, Michelle Branch, Olivia Rodrigo, Prince, Queen, uh, in my rituals because it is evoking emotion from me when it's working, you know? So that's it. That's all I got to say. All right, witches, we are wrapping up this episode of The Witch Daily Show. Let's do some shout outs. I want to give a shout out to listener Christina Benfield. Christina, you graceful, sparkling muskox. Kelly Corrado, you opulent, wise sunflower. Tammy Ann, you cunning, kind vampire slayer. And Alina Miltzer, you badass, esoteric gnome. Thank you for so much being Patreon supporters. I really, really appreciate you. And before we leave, we do have a card poll. Our card today is the Ten of Pentacles from the Buffy Tarot. Let's see. The X of Pentacles, or the Ten of Pentacles, finds you winning the game of life. And no, you can't trade the children for more cash. You are heavy on the abundance, low on the strife, and wanting for nothing. Isn't it great? Now that you've made it, it's time to... It's a perfect time to examine how you can give back. Ooh, great for llamas. How can you care for your community? What can you do to make sure everyone around you has enough? Sharing is caring after all. All right, witches. Um, So I do have a little housekeeping, a little announcement. Uh, We have a new Witchway journal. Yes, the Hectic Witches Planner is coming back. So um, I've been fielding questions about that, LOLs. Um, But... We have a new journal, the Weed Witches Journal. So if you are a witch who likes a little um, 420 life now and then, this is the journal for you. It has prompts and activities and things to do while you're enjoying a little relaxation. So check it out. It is by Carrie Connor, who has written many books on cannabis witchcraft, including, uh, I think, Conjuring the Cannabis or Cannabis Conjuring. Uh, She's a wonderful author, and we worked on this together, and I really hope you check it out. And if you're of that ilk, I hope you enjoy it. So that's it. Don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources. Anything we reference today can be found in the podcast episode or uh, our link tree at witchpod.com. And we will talk again tomorrow. Witches, we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day.